Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast, beautiful humans. If a professional, polished, well-edited podcast is what you're after, then move right on. If, however, you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, authentic heart sharing, and a very generous dash of holistic health education, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in, shall we? Welcome back to the podcast, friends, and we are very excited to talk to you today about something that happens to all of us at some point, and that is setting New Year's resolutions and then having the wheels fall off a few weeks into January, or if you're listening to this as the episode comes out, mid-Feb. And I want to say, first of all, you're not alone. I don't think there's a human on planet Earth who has set New Year's resolutions and met all of them according to the timeline and not maybe had a little wobble or two along the way. But the truth is that almost a quarter of us will actually have thrown our resolutions in the bin by the end of the first week of January. And I know. And by the end of Jan, 43% have just gone put it in the fuck it bucket and then <laughs> never mind that we'll just wait till next year and try again. And so we wanted to shine a little light on the subject and let you know it's actually not your fault. I think we have been misled or maybe seduced by how we should be setting New Year's resolutions and goals. And in a society that's more, more, more now, 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 um, we are just aiming in the wrong direction. So we're going to talk today about the three big mistakes, or I guess we're kind of shining a light on maybe more than three, but kind of three big umbrella style mistakes. Not like you, Amy Skilton, sneaking (laughs) in extra tips. (laughs) I just realized, I feel like we've got like eight or nine. And and you go for 2024 to consolidate. (laughs) This is literally one of the mistakes. have goals for other people asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I feel so called out already and it's it's too early in 2024 for this. (laughs) Anyway, moving on, we're not focusing on my uh, shortcomings here (laughs) specifically, (laughs) but let's talk generally about us as humans. All right. So Mistake number one when it comes to uh, setting resolutions is we can get really excited and all frothed up about, you know, the blank slate of a new year, it's January 1st, and just make resolutions that are unrealistic, unrealistic. So first of all, setting too many goals. The more goals we set or across the more subjects that we might choose or areas, the less likely we are to achieve them, hashtag science. And so I would encourage you to, I'd encourage you to embrace less is more. And that might look like one to three goals, but honestly, choosing one and just focusing on one at a time just gives you the mental real estate and the metaphysical energy to just move forward rather than spreading yourself energetically way too thin. So I don't know about you, but I'm the queen of ideas and I'm, you know, absolutely captain enthusiastic. So I absolutely have written down, you know, 20 things I want to achieve in a year. 
And that is just not the way because you end up not actually getting any traction in any one place. And therefore, you don't get the reward that helps you build momentum, that sense of satisfaction, et cetera, et cetera. Now, another aspect of setting unrealistic resolutions is we also get really excited like a Jack Russell puppy dog and try and make too many changes too quickly. So there's a big difference between making a resolution around something and actually changing your habits. And ultimately, it's your habitual choices that will shift you in the direction that you want to go. And so we can set ourselves up from for failure right at the beginning by really just trying to do too much too quickly. So again, shifting those habits one at a time, cementing them in is a really good idea. And I guess by extension of that, setting the bar too high is another element of being unrealistic that we love to do. So, you know, um, for someone like me who doesn't love running, um, it's okay if I want to set a goal to say run a 10K race in three months time or six months time, but that's too far away in terms of time and too far away from where I'm at to sort of go from A to B. That's like an A to Z job. And I've got to figure out. Like, <laughs> it's like skipping into a different a different language alphabet. So yeah. Like, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it to yourself, friends. Please just don't do it. What what is the next step? What is the next mini goal or micro goal? And and for me, it might be jogging for like three minutes without stopping. Like maybe it's not even a kilometer goal. Maybe it's just a, you know, a fitness goal like that. And so, yeah, when you are setting goals and, and if you're listening to this mid-February or at any time, if you're if you're coming back to revisit this, just turn, dial it down, make it almost feel too small. I know this is really badge of honor for aiming high, you know, shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars, vomit, like don't just aim for the next hill and and get there. And then you'll be like, you're building your confidence. You're building that muscle of like, I can achieve this and I can shift my goals and my commitment to myself means something and then aim for the next hill. Mm, I love that. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. And I think just following that thread a little bit in terms of another mistake that I think a lot of people make is just focusing really on broad goals and hopes rather than creating as we were, as you were just speaking to a bit of a roadmap for the formation of good habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I just want to speak to a little bit further what you said there around making it super realistic because I think what's so important is that you build integrity with your own word to yourself. So what I mean by that is a lot of people who, a lot of clients who I speak to who come to me and say, look, I yeah, I really want to do this, but I just can never seem to stick to it or um, I'm not good at X, Y, Z. It's often because as you've already pointed, like the goals initially are too lofty or too non-specific or too out of alignment with just what is realistically um, possible in in their mind at this current point in time that it they just never lift off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I think is really important is 
is setting a a goal of behavior change or habit that feels stupidly realistic so that at least you can prove to yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you actually follow through and do it. Um, and I and what that does is it builds self-trust, um, it builds confidence. Um, it doesn't feed into this story that some people have around, I'm someone who can't stick to things, I'm not disciplined, um, I get overwhelmed too easily. I think that it's really easy to latch onto those stories and then let that be in the driver's seat. And what I think is much more effective is actually really thinking about how do I build confidence in myself, build trust with you know, with my word, with myself. And the way that I often explain this to clients in terms of a felt sense, you know, if you've ever had, you know, two different types of friends, right? The friend that, you know, whenever they say they're going to be somewhere or call you or do something, they're just, they're just always there. They you just, you don't question in your mind, oh, are they going to reschedule? Are they going to pick up? Like, should I rely on them? You just know versus the other friend who might be super flaky. They're always late or maybe they say they're going to do something, but they never follow through. And just if you if you take a moment to actually tap into the energy of both of those relationships and connections, you'll know that there's one that just feels really solid and inspiring and motivating. And there's one that just feels really kind of like, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't really matter because that's kind of what I what I expect and it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same thing I feel can develop within us. So, yeah, I think focusing on habit change um, and also being, being prepared for the fact that life is always going to throw you obstacles mm-hmm. and that the goal is not to never get derailed but the goal is to know how to course correct. Um, but I really think that focus on 1% habit change is just is just magic. Mm. Oh my gosh, I love that. Such wise advice. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that you're now, if you have set yourself a goal or a resolution and then it just felt too big or too hard or for whatever reason you have put it aside, I think, you know, in listening to this, you'll no doubt be understanding maybe why it just wasn't quite the right resolution or goal for you, or maybe you're being inspired now on how you might be able to approach it differently. Um, Because certainly I think you're just as capable as any other human of achieving success and anything you want in your life. But I think the difference between people who get there in the end and those that maybe don't are these kind of subtle errors when we go about putting a plan together, which brings us to mistake number three, which is using guilt or shame or fear as motivational fuel. Um, Or if you're using like if you're framing something negatively as an I'm going to stop doing X, I'm going to quit smoking, or I'm going to um, not drink as much, or I'm going to watch less TV or stop watching as much TV. There's, there are definitely um, better ways to approach 
not just goal setting, but obviously goal fueling and resolution fueling. So first of all, we don't want to use things like or or allow fear to get in the way. So fear of failure, fear of success, even fear of change takes us out of our comfort zone. And like what Nat was saying, like being mentally prepared for obstacles, life happening. One of the things you might also just want to be mindful of is when you do push yourself to grow in any area, not just health. You might This might not even be a health habit that you're thinking about right now. When you step out of your comfort zone, your brain might freak out a little bit and want to keep you somewhere that's familiar because that feels safe. So being mindful that fear might come up around change. Um, You also want to be very mindful that guilt and shame do not work. Um, Actually, the worse you feel about yourself, the less self-control you'll actually have and just really sets you up for self-sabotage. And so what I would encourage you to do is really focus on new ways of thinking, habits, and using positive affirmations and visualizations to inspire you and pull you forward into the habits that are going to get you to the goal that you want rather than berating yourself or getting angry or disappointed or frustrated with where you're at or your body, for example. Um, The other thing is there is such a a toxic trait that I've absolutely uh, indulged in before. So don't feel like I'm exposing you by saying this, but there's very much this unfortunate mindset of all or nothing, or, you know, I've made a mistake, put it in the fuck it bucket, and then I'll start again. And this is where we end up with you know, oh, I'll start again on Monday or I'll start again on the first of the month or I'll just wait another whole year and start again on January 1st, 2025. No, this whole all or nothing effect is so dangerous. As Nat said, life happens. Obstacles come up. Our best laid plans can absolutely get derailed by things that are outside of our control and sometimes things that are inside of our control. And holding ourselves to an impossible standard is another form of self-sabotage, just getting in the way of where we ideally want to be. And what that might look like for some people, um, just using just a really, you know, silly and simple example is if you're trying to change your eating habits and then say you go out to dinner or to a birthday party and then you end up having you know, something that you had maybe not intended to have, birthday cake, dessert, whatever. And by the way, you can absolutely shift your health and have dessert. So we're not saying that that's what you need to do, but let's say that's what happens or you have a glass of wine when you said you wouldn't drink. It's very easy to go, oh, you know, I've screwed up, so I'm just going to screw up harder Mm. and have, you know, five wines or 10 pieces of cake and then beat myself up tomorrow and then start again on Monday. You don't need to do that. Enjoy the bloody cake. Have a wine. If you do end up maybe going a little harder than you wanted to the next day, just You can certainly take time to reflect and go, what was that? Was I not eating enough? Was I feeling, you know, um, self-conscious or was I nervous eating or did I exercise more than I, you know, my energy intake was going to set myself up for success? Actually really look and reflect at that without any kind of judgment 
and then just get back on the horse the next day. You don't need mm-hmm. to throw the throw everything in the bin, beat yourself up and then wait to get get back onto it. So, you know, there's so many aspects around that and I also would really encourage you sometimes you can't see what's hidden from you too. And I find this is actually something that Nat, and I'm sure this happens with your clients too, is that they don't understand why sometimes they do the things that they do. So a couple of examples I can give you might be someone has, you know, blood sugar that's a bit wobbly and maybe they had carbs that were a bit too refined or a bit too many, or maybe not enough and their blood sugar dropped, which then triggers a physiological survival response to eat sugar. You know, I also have a client that I'm thinking of right now who is still currently trying to address an issue with dopamine and neurotransmitters and mindset. And that can look like reaching for foods that aren't helping them with their weight goals. Um, But the point here is, is as a as a client or as a human being having that experience, they have beat themselves up a thousand times over for not being able to stick to whatever diet they were trying or whatever regime they were recommended because they weren't able to see and understand what was behind the behavior. And when you have a professional's eyes on on what's going on, they can go, oh, hang on a minute. I can see that this is happening for you. Um, But in your food diary, you're actually not eating enough carbs or you're not getting enough protein or you're under eating in fat and that's no doubt triggering the behavior. It's not a willpower thing. It's not your fault. Just we need to nutritionally tweak things to set you up for success. So yeah, have you got any other examples, Nat, where maybe someone's wanted to do X and done Y instead? Yeah, I I think that um, relationships with food um, are very they're very complex for a lot of people. And so I think whenever I'm thinking about people, for example, who do find themselves making choices that don't feel like they're in alignment with what they say they want to do, Mm -hmm. I always come back to three kind of areas. So like the physiological, which you were speaking to, like particularly around that blood sugar um, dysregulation or even nutrient deficiencies or whatever it might be. Um, then I come to the environmental. So what I mean by that is like, are you actually in an environment that is conducive to you making the decisions that are in the most alignment with your goals that you're you're setting for yourself? Mm. Um and that could include things like what's what what's kept in your cupboards, like how prepared are you? Um, do you drive past a really like a, a fast food place or like a you know somewhere that feels really like tempting to you? Um, you know, are you being unprepared when you're going into work? Like lots of different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also um emotional in terms of like internal resources so do you need to actually develop more internal resources to deal with emotions that come up that you're otherwise using food to suppress or manage or distract yourself from um and so it's i think that it's really good to have support in trying to unpack that for yourself in terms of which area am i falling down in because that'll dictate what do you actually need to support you? So 
Sometimes it might be that you lack the knowledge and you need, um, you actually need to know what should you be eating to achieve those goals um, for you as an individual. Sometimes um, it's a matter of you actually need to look at how do I become more prepared so that this is actually practically possible and sustainable. Um, And sometimes you need to actually look at those more emotional um, responses or um, that, I guess that that side of things, and and that's the way that you're going to be able to reach reach the goals that you've set. So mm. I think, and that can be applied to many different goals. It doesn't have to just be applied to food, but mm. I find that that's a topic where it comes up absolutely um, the most for sure. So mm. yeah, I think there's there's so many layers to it, isn't there? And and mm. I feel like something else that can be really, really, really helpful is is having support, but also having support that you've paid for. So stick with me here. So we've all done a free challenge, a free whatever, and you've got no skin in the game. And so it's really easy to tune out and to not treat that as an investment and an energetic exchange. And I've done this myself as well. And so I actually think that if something is really important to you and you're finding it hard to implement yourself, then finding a group container or a one-to-one container, whatever feels most relevant to you and your goals to actually invest in is really helpful in at least initiating some of that momentum as Amy already said, like picking up some of your blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not, I don't even really know that it's accountability more than it's it's your own appointment and commitment to yourself where, as I've said, you've got skin in the game and you've got a mirror or a soundboard that is reflecting back to you. Because at the end of the day, no one can do the work for you, but mm. but people, individuals, or groups can create a container where you feel supported, nurtured, um, mentored, uh, cheerleaded on nice. to allow the momentum and consistency to be there and to have a little bit of, um, I guess, a, a North Star. And I think that, that that's really invaluable. And I personally absolutely love outsourcing support for myself whenever I've got um, big goals that that feel like are wrapped up in habits I'm struggling to change or thought processes I'm struggling to change and I really I really value the exchange of actually investing in having support and being nurtured and 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 being mentored in that way no matter what area of life it is. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that um, because it actually it's an energetic investment in your own shift. And and I would agree too, I'm thinking about this um, from a business perspective, um, but also, you know, I've done other courses and setting aside that time and actually getting that external support to help you grow and evolve is so powerful. And if that's something that you're looking for, obviously Nat and I work with beautiful humans just like you every single day. And also I wanted to let you know that just in just a couple of weeks, if you're listening to this in mid-February, I'm actually running a 30-day 
group program to help you integrate the four vital elements of your well-being and really shift your health and shift your habits without setting unrealistic goals and overwhelming yourself and possibly focusing in the wrong areas. So in this group program, you're going to be supported um, as part of a collective. There will be a daily check-in with me as well as a group call at the end of the four weeks um, to celebrate everything that has shifted for you in that time. And we're going to cover four of those major elements. So around nutrition, movement, stress management, and also mindfulness. And this is great for you if you just feel a bit lost, (laughs) feel a bit overwhelmed, feel a bit stuck. Maybe you don't really know where to start. Maybe you feel like you've got an awful lot of things that need to change before you can start to feel well. And maybe you're not feeling quite ready for one-to-one work because you know you've got some of those foundational things to put into place, but you're still feeling a little bit lost as to where to start. So if this is something you'd like to learn a little bit more about and see if it's for you, feel free to send me a DM. If you send me the word thrive, I'll email you the link or I'll message you the link straight away and you can check it out for yourself. But if you'd like to ask me more about what it entails and whether it might be something that would suit you, please just reach out and let me know. And guess what? March is a perfectly good time to start working on your goals. Like I said, you don't want to wait for a Monday. You don't want to wait for January. You don't want to wait for the first of the month. This is just something that you can begin at any time. And it truly is as simple and as easy as having someone help you just assess where you're at, help you identify what's going to move the needle in the most powerful but effortless way and really get those fundamentals in place so that you can start building on that um, going forward. So that sounds like something you'd like to check out. Please just reach out to me. That sounds bloody brilliant. And I will be DMing you thrive. <laughs> if I hit a roadblock with my with my goals. I think it's just, yeah, so nice to do things together, isn't it? So nice to feel supported. And um, I'm really excited to see how everyone goes with that as well. Um, and yeah, as we said, there's so many ways you can engage our support. Um, So please feel free to always reach out to either of us. We absolutely love connecting with you. Um, And and we, we will speak to you again soon. See you guys. Bye.